Beruchim Abayim Rabotai, welcome to another edition of our Thursday night class. We are studying tonight Parashat Vayira. Uh, the, uh, the topic that I chose to speak about after great personal struggle, I had to pull myself away from the Akedat Yitzhak, which as the members of this class know uh, how <coughs> gravitated I generally am to speak about the Akedah. I think we gave about 30 shiurim on Akedah. However, uh, this year I chose to speak about something else that caught my attention, and only because I didn't feel that the Torah should give it so much attention, and that's why it caught, caught my attention. And that is the story of the destruction of Sedom. The Torah goes in great detail, telling us about how the angels went to Sedom, and how they got uh, into Lot's house, and the mob came, and then the whole uh, way that they smuggled out Lot and his family, and how Sedom Amora goes up in fire. <clears throat> and I'm asking myself, what is the Torah going out of its way to tell me so much details about this story? Now, I'm not telling you it's not a nice story and that we shouldn't know about it, but put it in a midrash somewhere. Torah is not a storybook. Some of the greatest stories about our forefathers, the Torah doesn't tell us. There's no mention that Abraham was thrown into a fire by Nimrod. That we're not told. That you have to go to Prakedr Bili Ezer and go find it in some obscure midrash until you figure out what happened. But the story of Sedom and Lot, there the Torah has all the ink in the world and all the time in the world and tells it to me in the most elaborate way. And I'm thinking to myself, what is so significant about this episode? Now, before we get into the details of the Pesukim, I want to tell you something that I heard over from the Rakachava Rabbi, the Safnat Pa'anayah. But you need to have one introduction just to understand this approach, and it's a very important approach. Most people, when they learn Sefer Bereshit, they learn it as a storybook, you know, Stories of the Avot. There's a fancy word, a narrative. It's a narrative. You know, just a nice stories. But you must know that the Avot and all of the Torah in Bereshit has to be viewed as well in the prism of Halakha. Everything that the Avot did, they followed Halakha. You know, don't think halakha begins at Matan Torah. That's when the Jews started following law. Avotinu HaKedoshim followed the law before the law was given. So whenever you read an episode, you have to try to plug in, how does this uh, fit into halakha? I'll give you one example that the Safnat Paneah says. In Sedom Amora, we read about what happened to those two cities. The Pasuk says, and I'm reading in chapter 19, Pasuk 23, or 24, So it was uh, a punishment of sulfur and fire. Means the whole city was burnt. Says the Rakachav. Where do we see in Torah that the punishment of a city is to be burnt. He says, we have a case. And that's the law of the Irani Dahat. 
when you have a city that the majority of its inhabitants worship Abu Dazara, so the law is that the city must be burnt completely. And therefore he says, Sedom Ba'amura must have had a status of Irani Dahat. Therefore, it meets out the Torah's punishment. Only question is, do you have a proof to that? Where do you see anywhere in Torah literature that Sedom Ba'amura was Irani Dahat? So the Rakh finds a proof. He finds three proofs. I'd like to tell you the three proofs. One, if you remember when Lot wants to escape. So the Pasuk says that Lot says, listen, there's a city that's close to the uh, to Sedom, Lanushama, Vihim Mitzar. It's a small little city. Let me run over there to this small city, this village called Mitzar. Says the Safnat Panaya. Why was Lot so convinced that he'll get saved in Mitzar? He says, because the Gemara Sanhedrin says that for an Irani Dahat to be punished, you have to have at least 100 inhabitants in the city. And Mitzar was called Mitzar because it's a small village. So when you went into the city limits of Mitzar, there's a big sign, welcome to Mitzar, population 83. Perfect. So Lord says, I bring my family there, so we move up, move up to 90. So as long as nobody has 10 children tomorrow, we'll be fine. So therefore you see, it's working with the dinim of Ir Mikla. Furthermore, he says, Ir Nidahat. Ir Furthermore, he quotes Maimonides. Harambam, I have a copy of it, in Hilchot Avodah Zarah, in the fourth chapter, the sixth halacha. Harambam says that in the Irani Dahat, before the punishment is met out, they send two rabbis to the city in order to try to talk them out of it. They send two hachamim. Says the Rakat Trevor. Then where did they send the two hachamim of it here? So if you look at the beginning of the perashah, how does it start? The pasuk comes along and says, Vayavo'u shnei sedoma. God dispatched the two Malachim to go to Sedom. Now clearly those were not the ones that destroyed Sedom. Ella, they came as the two Hachamim to try to bring them back. The last proof that he brings that it's an Irani Dahat is the one that I came to talk about tonight. There's a Tosefta in Sanhedrin, in Perik Yudalit. The first uh, Tosefta there. Tosefta is like rabbinical literature. And the Tosefta says something unbelievable. Halakha! Regarding Irani Dahat, that even if somebody is a Sadiq and they're not going to burn him with the Irani Dahat, however, he can't take his money with him. The money's got to stay behind. That the Sadiq saves himself, but his assets get burnt. So the Tosefta says, where do you see that? Where do you see that if somebody gets saved from an Irani Dahat, he can't take his money? Tosefta brings it from our story. What does it say when the angels told Lot to leave? Run for your life, but leave the money. So the Tosefta says, you see from over here that what? That Irani Dahat, even those that get saved, can't take the money. 
So that's the proofs. Now, the Midrash goes on a little further. The Midrash says, or Tosefta says, I'll just quote it to you, it's a very good Musar. The Tosefta says, why can't he take his money? What did the money do? So he says, because the tzaddik, why is he living in Irani Dahat? Why should this tzaddik, what brought the tzaddik to live in such a corrupt place? You know what brought him there? The money. Must be he has a business there. Must be he's making money. So the Torah says, because of your money, you decided to live in Irani Dahat? The money is not, you're not taking the money with you. And then the Tosifta makes a kabahomer. And what? Money that's inanimate, that cannot communicate, that doesn't talk, that cannot influence. And still the Torah says, since that brought you to a bad place, you cannot benefit from it. Imagine if a person negatively influences his friend and brings him to the wrong place. Imagine how bad that is. Therefore the money has to stay. Beautiful. My point is I showed you from this Raka Chava that you see that the Torah here in Iranida in Sedom is working with the laws of Iranida. Beautiful. Based on this, I brought a Kliyakar. Kliyakar is dealing with a question that I had, everybody has. But based on what we just said, we have an unbelievable answer. The Pasuk says. That when they're leaving, Lot gets instructions. Remember the instructions? One instruction. Don't turn around. Lot was not able to turn around. And the Hakamim tells because really he wasn't getting saved on his own merit. He was getting saved in the merit of others. And therefore he has no right to see the, uh, the, uh, the destruction of, of the people. So the angels say, head forward. Don't look back. Fine. What does the Pasuk say later on? Well, the way we learned it when we were young, we imagined them on like a magic carpet flying out of the city like Rabbi Abu Hasera. So you have the angels and you have Lot and you have his wife and they're flying out of the city. And what does the Pasuk say in Trabbav? His wife couldn't uh, control herself. She turned around. And what happened? But she turns into a salt shaker, which means Lot's wife, she, she turned around. So the Kliyakar makes an unbelievable diuk. He says, wait. It should say, She turned back from herself. She's a she female. Why does it say, that she turned uh, 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 away, or she turned from him, Meharav, not from him, from her. The Meharav is the wrong, uh, wrong, uh, the wrong gender here. That's the question. He says, what happened there? I quote, you know who was bothering Lord and his wife on the way out of Sodom? Haval, all the money we have to leave over here. You know, they were well established. Lord became the mayor of the city. That means he had time to work in, uh, in government. It must have been he had Parnassah. Therefore, 
Now they're leaving, so they want to collect their stuff. They say, no, 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 no. You don't know how that costs. You get any da. You got to keep the stuff behind. So they were agonizing over it. But who was agonizing more? Says the Kliyakar. She said to us, wait. I was married to a rich guy. Lot had a lot of money. What's going to be now? We're going to get saved out of this place. And my husband doesn't have a red penny. We're going to be penniless. We're going to be poverty stricken. And she started to say, what, how am I going to live? And therefore the Pasuk says, she looked, what's going to be after Lot? What's going to be a harav? What's going to be after with, with, with my husband? How's he going to support me? How's he going to buy me shoes? How's he going to buy me dresses? How's he going to take me away? How's he going to, all the jewelry? What's going to be? She was looking after Lot's. But she didn't care too much about anything but spending. At that point, says the clear card. Borei Olam says, Mrs. Lot, <coughs> had you been generous with your money when you lived in stone, you might have gotten saved. As the Achamim tell us, Ustakat But you were known to be a miserly woman. And now on the way out, if you would have said, Hatati aviti pashati, if my husband makes more money, I'm going to give Sadaka. Instead, you're still thinking about money for your selfish reasons. At that point, there was a Ketrug in Shamayim, there was a prosecution. At that point, said, she's still thinking about the money for herself. Now the money is going to be a liability against her. And what happens? The salt that she did not give to her guests. Now at this point, the money would be a liability. She would turn into salt. That's why she was punished at that moment. When Borei Olam saw still thinking about the money, what's going to be with the money? Aharav, how am I going to live? Based on this, I saw a beautiful explanation from those Naim Torah of Sarutskin. He says, what does it mean that she didn't give salt? He explains it. If you remember when the guests came over to Malachim to Lot's house, what did he serve them? Matzot. The Pasuk says, He baked matzot. Now I learned from there that obviously she was not a hospitable woman because normally the man does not do the baking. The fact that he had to bake the matzot shows that she wasn't interested in serving the guests. Compare that to when the guests came to Avraham's house, and who was making the uh, matzot? Sarah, Lushi Vasi Ugot. Nonetheless, she said, listen, you want to give them matzot? You make it yourself. I don't give them nothing. I'm not even giving them flour and water. So he made the matzot, beautiful. But he learned from Avraham Abinu that when you give somebody something to eat, you give them condiments with it. Where did he learn that from? That when he gave the tongue, he also supplied them with mustard. Why? Because when you give somebody a condiment, they eat more. Because it's tasty. Abraham says, I, want to eat more. I don't want you to eat the minimum. I want you to eat more. I want you to have an appetite. Bon appetit. And if Lot, who was a student of Abraham, he learned, if I'm going to give them dry matzah without salt, they're not going to eat enough. So, so where's the salt? She was in charge of the salt. She says, I'm not giving them salt. 
You learn from Avraham Avinu, let Avraham Avinu give the salt. Go get mustard from Avraham. We're not giving salt. I don't want them to eat more matzah. It's enough that you gave them uh, one slice. Now they're going to eat us out of household, not giving. So she was a kamsanit. So says the Kliyakar, the Gemara says in Ketuvot, Melach Mamon Haser. That the way you salt your money, Melach Mamon, you want to salt your money, means preserve your money. Salt is a preservative. So the Gemara says, how do you preserve your money? Hased, get rid of it. Give some away. By giving some away, you preserve what you have left over. The Gemara gives a mashal. There was a fellow that went to buy a piece of meat from the butcher. A 10-pound piece of meat. And the butcher says, are you planning on eating it tonight? He says, no, 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 next week. He said, well, listen, there was no refrigeration in those days. So you're going to have to put salt on it in order to preserve it, otherwise it's going to spoil. The guy says... What am I, was a, what am I, a fool? If I'm going to put salt on this 10-pound piece of meat, it's going to shrink to 9 pounds. I'm going to lose a pound. The butcher says, okay, but it's going to spoil. I'm not interested. He wasn't willing to give up the 1 pound, so he didn't put the salt. By the time he came around to eat it, what happened? He lost all 10. You have to be willing to give up 1 to save the 9. Melah mamon. The same thing with your money. When you salt your money, you have to be willing to be hasir. Well, Mrs. Lot fulfilled two out of the three, Melah and Mamon, but she didn't do the Haser. She didn't depart with it. And as a result, at the time that she started complaining about her money when she was leaving Sodom, and she started to complain about her husband's new financial situation, she looked after what's going to be with Lot. How's she going to live? Borei Olam says, you're still about money. You didn't learn your lesson. You didn't make the shuvah. Now we're going to punish you. And she turned into a pillar of salt. Okay, that's the beautiful introduction. And now we get to the business of tonight's tirash. That was just to, to warm us up, to get us into the mood. There's one word in the perasha, in this perasha, that for sure will catch your attention. It's not an easy word to say. The word is in the beginning of Pasuk Tetzayim. And the Pasuk reads, Vayit Mahamaha. It's a hard word. Now what does this word Vayit Mahamah mean? Well, on the way out, Lot was Vayit Mahamah. Say again. Yeah, he was delaying. He wasn't rushing out. He was uh, lingering. Lingering. The boy side. Tap him over here so he doesn't. Uh... You have over here a botai. You have over here a city that's about to blow up. The angels are confirming it. What's to linger? What are you lingering? I mean, imagine you have over here that they, uh, they tell you, listen, there's a bomb on the plane. Anybody going to linger at that point? What is Lot lingering? I remember when I studied in Lakewood Yeshiva. Uh, this was during the Persian Gulf War. And I used to study in the Ezrat Nashim. There was a Bein Bidrash downstairs. And upstairs there was Ezrat Nashim. And there was hundreds of boys studying in that area as well. I'll never forget, 
It was uh, maybe Monday, Tuesday afternoon. We're learning strong about five o'clock in the afternoon. All of a sudden, you hear in the Azat Nashim a hissing sound. Hiss. Very loud. One of the Rabbanim that were in there got up and said, Bomb! If you know how fast we cleared out that building, people ran out for their lives. Nobody saw anything. Nobody took anything with it. They ran! Only later to find out that it was a fluorescent bulb that was going out. And Baruch Hashem wasn't a bomb. But my point is, when you think you're in trouble, you're not lingering. But Lot, Beit Mahama. So that she tells us why. That she says, oh, you know why? <laughs> he wanted to save his money. Listen, to, he didn't know the law of Irani Dahat. He didn't know you can't take the money. So on the way out, he's about to take the money. He said, you can't take that stuff. That's, that's, uh, that gets burnt. What are you talking? Now he's debating. So he's meandering. He's lingering around. He's trying to get the money. I want to ask you a question. How in the world... I mean, listen, everybody loves their money, but don't you love your life first? And the angel's saying, listen, it's ticking. Ten, nine, eight. Lord, come out one second. The plane is about to blow up. Is somebody going to start grabbing their carry-on? Leave it, kapara. Get off the plane. I saw this question, Baruch Hashem, later on, brought in the sefer, called Nahalat uh, Yaakov. This is from the Gaon, the Yaakov Melissa, the Netivot Mishpat. He wrote a sefer on Hamash. And he writes on this, on this Vayit Mahama. En ze mederech adam It's not the normal derech of Adam. Ha-chared, was afraid. Le-hatzil nafshod, that's trying to save his life. Litmameya bemkom sakana. He's trying to understand what in the world is Lot doing. Now, furthermore... If you notice the cantillation, the ta'am on that word is a very rare note. A note that is so rare that you don't find it more than four times in the Torah. And that's the note that is called shalshelet. Now, I have no doubt when you'll be in synagogue this Shabbat, it'll catch your attention. The, the note in the humash is like a zigzag line. And the way the Hazanim sing it is in a very, you know, uh, 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 noticeable way. It's different than all the sounding. I won't sing it for you, but everybody has their way of singing the Shalchelet. And even if you're not paying attention, you say, well, what was that? Oh, that was the Shalchelet. One of four. And what is the, uh, what is the reason why that word, Vayit Mahama, gets the Shalchelet? Well, I saw brought down something amazing. I saw brought down the secret of the Shalshelet. The four times that it's written are the following. The first time in the Torah is here, Bayit Mahma. We're going to read it next week when Eliezer goes to find a wife for Yitzhak and he's negotiating with Lavan and Bituel. And the Pasuk will say, Vayomar. As he's talking, and there's a shalshelet on the Vayomar of Eliezer. You'll see it when Yosef as Sadiq was being solicited by Eshet Potiphar, and he refused. It says, Vayma'en, shalshelet. 
And you'll see it when Aharon was nominated to be the Kohen Gadol, his first order of business was to bring a sacrifice to atone for the Chet Egel. And the Pasuk says, Vayishchat. Vayishchat shall chill it. Now, you have to be Houdini to figure out a common denominator between the Vayomer of Eliezer, the Vayma'en of Yosef, the Vayishchat of Aaron, and the Vayitmama of Lot. But the Achamim found a, a kesher, they found a connection. So let me tell you the sword of the Shalshelet. A Shalshelet, what does it mean? Shalshelet is like a, uh, a string, uh, of, like beads, like a connection, like a necklace. They call it Shalshelet. It's beads connected, one on top of the other, Shalshelet. And it's used, <coughs> it's used in context when we're discussing lineage. Like they say in Hebrew, shalshelet yuhasin. When we want to talk about a person's pedigree, when we want to talk about his family tree, shalshelet yuhasin. Oh, his great grandfather was this one. It's It's beads, one after the other. So the the time is used specifically when we're discussing lineage. And he gives I give an example. Eliezer. <clears throat> Eliezer is looking for a wife for Yitzhak. That's going to create the lineage of Klai Israel. And therefore, Shalchelet. They were involved in creating the Shalchelet. They were involved in creating Klai Israel. Yosef Sadiq, he knew that he couldn't go with Eshet Potiphar. Because he knows that from him is going to come Yoshua ben Nun, Mashiach ben Yosef. It'll ruin his lineage. So therefore, Vayma'en. What was his deterrent? The Shalchelet Yuhasin. Furthermore, Aharon was only zochet to be Kohen Gadol and his children after him because he was atoned for Heta Egel. Vayishchat, once he slaughtered the Egel for the atonement, already his lineage of Kehuna was now established. So those three are easy. <coughs> but the Vayit Mahama of Lot, what is that? Where does that fit in to this line of descent that we're talking about? So let's go further. We'll get back to it immediately. If you look at the text, there's a word here that should catch your attention. The Pasuk says, uh, right before that, the Pasuk says, Kum, get up. Take your wife. And your two daughters. Your two daughters that are that are present or that are that are found. What were they were lost? Your two daughters. What does it mean? What is that word saot? That are found. So the Midrash comes along and says a big hadush over here which is the key of the whole sugya. In this story, the daughters of Lot were carrying something in their belly that would be one of the most important commodities, if you're Jewish, of all time. What was in their belly? They had in them two holy souls, 
One of them called Ruta Mu'aviyah, the other one called Naamaha Amonit. Ruta Mu'aviyah being the grandmother of King David, which is the precursor to Mashiach, bin David. And Naamaha Amonit would be the wife of King Solomon, also in the dynasty of Mashiach. Now, we'll see soon enough, but those souls at this point were in the daughters of Lot. And therefore the angels came along and said, Yes, and what's inside of them. That's the key. The reason why these girls are being saved is because they got two treasures that are important for the Jewish people. It's the nimsaot shebahim. It's what's inside of them. Very good. As a matter of fact, if you look at Pasuk in Tehilim in chapter 89, very good. The Pasuk says in Tehilim, Matsati David Abdi. I found my servant David. Very easy Pasuk. I found him. I didn't know he was lost, but they found him. Baruch Hashem. Rabotai, good news, they found him. Matsati David Abdi. So the Midrash asks, Echan Where did they find him? And the Midrash says, Bisdom. They found him in Sdom. That's where he was hiding out. The least expected place. You're playing hide and go seek, you found a good spot. He's hiding in Sedom. And the Baletos fought on the Pasuk Tetzayin says that on the way out, the angels had to grab Lot and his wife. They don't want to leave. They grab him out. They had to grab Lot and his wife. They had to grab his daughters. The Tosfot says, if you look at the words, Ubiad Ishto Ubiad. The last letter of Ubiad is a Dalid. Ishto is a Vav. Ubiad is a Dalid. Sofetevot David. Hinting to us that on the way out, they weren't only taking the obvious people that you saw, they were also taking the Nimsaot, those that were not apparent. David was also being smuggled out of. Oh, if that's the case, I go back to the Nahalat Yaakov, and he says something amazing. Don't ask me how, but Lot was well aware what was happening and who they were smuggling out. <clears throat> maybe it's simple, maybe he didn't have Ruach HaKodesh, maybe he wasn't a prophet, maybe he heard the angel say, listen, and himself. Maybe he asked him, what is Nimsa'ot? Now listen, your daughters have some, uh, some special... Who knows what? But he, the Halat Yaakov says, Lot knew that he's being saved because from him is going to come Ruth and Naamah. So he's needed. So you know what he says? He leveraged it. He says, well, they need me so I don't have to rush. I could linger around and take some of the money. I'm not worried. They're not going to blow the city up as long as I'm in the city. Because they need me to bring root and Naamah. So he leveraged that information. It says the Na'alat Yaakov. That's why it says Vayit Vayitmama means he lingered, he delayed. And what's the ta'am on Vayitmama? Shalshelet. Because he saw the Shalshelet Yohasin that's going to descend from him, that allowed him to be Vayitmama. 
And that's why he said, let me stick around. Ah, I see what's going to come from me. So therefore, listen, they need me. They need me. They can't get rid of me. They're not going to blow up the plane till I get off. Because if they blow up the plane with me on it, there goes Ruth and there goes Naama. So Vayit Mama. Why Vayit Mama? Like Rashid says, to take the money. But who's silly enough to linger around to take money before the city's going to blow up? Shalshelet. He saw the shalchelet that's going to come from him. And therefore he said, I'm good. He continues. <laughs> Unbelievable explanation. He continues. He says a beautiful explanation. He said, guess who else made that calculation? Mrs. Lot. Mrs. Lot said, wait. She did simple mathematics, family mathematics. She said, wait, from Lot is going to come these two great souls. Now I'm his wife. I'm the only one here that this can come from. Now, she didn't think for a second what really happened. She, she's not thinking incest. I mean, she was a miserly woman and she was a cheapskate, but I don't think her brain went to incest. So she's thinking, I'm good also. So therefore the Pasuk says, regarding Mrs. Lot, and it answers the original question that we had, She looked, what's going to come after Lot? She said, oh, you know what's going to come? Ruth and Nama. Therefore, I'm good. Therefore, she told the Malachim, I'm not rushing out of here. I want to go get my pocketbook. I want to get some, uh, I'm not rushing, but we're blowing up the city. What do you think? I don't see what you see. She saw Lot. What's going to come out of Lot? So what happened to her? What happened to her was she miscalculated. I'll tell you how she miscalculated. She miscalculated because she didn't realize that, oh yes indeed, it's going to come from Lot, but not through you. And therefore she lingered around and before you knew it, Boom, she turned into the salt. That was her hashbon, which is a faulty hashbon. Now, there is a question, however, here that remains. Hold it. Why are you rushing Lot? If indeed Ruth is going to come out of him, and if indeed Naamah is going to come out of him, the angels say, listen. <laughs> You're right, take your time. Now, listen, uh, well, you can't take any money with you. That's the law of Yeranidah. But you want to take one more, you know, one, more, one last walk around the park of Sedor, you want to take one last selfie in Sedor. We can't rush you. Listen, we need you. Why were the angels rushing? Wasn't he right in his calculation? Let him stay. Let the angels say, listen, you're right. Look, we need you. So, when you're ready, let us know. But eventually, you're going to have to leave. So I saw bro down in the Sefer that asked this question, it says something beautiful. Sif is Panim Yafot. Panim Yafot says beautiful. Yafot says, he gives another story that we're familiar with. You remember the story of Korah? Don't ask me, how did we get to Korah? We're, now we're in Korah already. We went from Parashat Bayiran, now we got to Korah. What happens in Korah? Moshe Rabbeinu comes to Korah and gives him an ultimatum. He says, listen, 
it's either me or you. Tomorrow morning, or well, I don't. Tomorrow morning, we're going to have a uh, showdown. Bring your shovel, bring your ketore, bring all your equipment, and we'll say, listen, the one that God chooses, the chooses, and the other one, death. Korah says, I'll see you tomorrow morning, bright and early. What was Korah thinking? Why was Korah so sure that he was going to live? What does the Gemara say? He saw that Shemuel and Avi is going to come from him. So he knew that he, he needs to bring somebody into this world. So he says, listen, they can't knock me off. I'm the predecessor, I'm the precursor of Shemuel and Avi. Now, they're not getting rid of Shemuel and Avi, so they're not getting rid of me. So he leveraged that information that Shemuel's coming out of him to come to the meeting confidently. Says the Panim Yafot. What happened at the meeting? He burnt. They killed him. He got swallowed underground. But what happened to Shemuel? He miscalculated. Shemuel was already in Korah's children. Korah, we didn't need you to bring Shemuel. It's true you're the great-great-grandfather, but we didn't need you already. Already the spark of Shemuel and Avi would come from your children. Korah lometu. Says the Panim Yafot, that was Lot's mistake. The angels told Lot, listen, Ruth is coming from you and Naamah is coming from you. But don't think we don't have other options. If you don't want to be the father of the tzaddiket, somebody else will do it. And therefore, Why? Because it's in your daughters. So we don't need you necessarily to bring it out. It, you want the zechut baruch haba, But you're not going to hold us hostage now and delay this process because you think it can only be... The, but she's in America, they say it like this. We'll either do it with you or without you. So therefore the angels come along and say, Lord, don't be a wise guy. No more vayit bahameya. Don't think you're going to use the shalshelet to delay and use it as a tactic. Hanim Sa'ot, they're already there. You want to be part of the process? Baruch Abba. You don't want to be part of the process? See you later. <clears throat> of course, <clears throat> Lot makes the right option and he goes out. Now what happens? <clears throat> Amazing story. <coughs> they get to a cave. Now it's Lot and his two daughters. All right, they find a cave somewhere, <clears throat> and they hear the explosions go off behind them. That's it. They thought the whole world was destroyed. And now, this is only the workings of God, of course. They all come to the conclusion that they're the only three people left in the world. I mean, that's how loud the explosion was. They thought the world just was destroyed completely. So the daughters said to themselves, listen, uh, you know, if we're not going to procreate from our father, there's not going to be any more world. Only problem is, they said, there's no way Lot in a, uh, in a sober mind is not going to do this. So it says they took out a few bottles of champagne and they got him drunk, as we learned. Only question is, 
when they were leaving Sedom, you think, wait, wait, we got to take some bottles of champagne with us, some Chablis, what, what, what thing? some bubbly with them on the way out? Wait, uh, angels, excuse me, want to get, and you know when you're there, get some scotch also for the, we want to have a long trip and get some, get some ice also. What are we talking about? Where'd they get wine from? So the Midrash comes along and says that God dispatched an angel and said, listen, go prepare that cave. Make it a nice cave. Put it, make sure that there's a wet bar in that cave over there. So when they came in, they said, oh, look at this here. We got a whole fridge of, uh, of uh, refreshments for free on the house. It wasn't stop wine. He said, this wine came from, uh, you know, the stock of God from Olam What does that show you, Rabotai? That who was orchestrating all these events? God. You ever hear the wine called the cave? That's it. That's where they got it from. I'm, I'm not a sommelier, but that's, that's why they call it the cave. From that story over here, that they found the wine in the cave. But it was the real, you know, not uh, this is the real one. And sure enough, they get Lord drunk, and bingo. Before you know it, his two daughters are pregnant. Before you know it, Amon and Moab are born. Now watch this. Once Amon and Moab are born, that's it. The cat is out of the bag. Now all we need is Amon and Moab nation to grow. And we're going to find the diamonds. The two diamonds will be separated from them. And they'll separate the Klai Israel, And there you go. It was done. Mission accomplished. And who's the Shadchan? Borei Olam is the Shadchan. He created all this episode to bring Mashiach. That explains to me why the Torah spent so much time telling me this story. I don't need to know the story of Ur-Kazdim. That affects Avraham. But this story of Sedom, it's Mashiach. If there's any story that you must tell me, I need to know. I'm, I'm sitting reading this story at the edge of my seat. What's going to happen with the daughters? Are they going to leave? How are they going to get the wine? Is it going to happen? Is, it gonna, is, it, is the ancestral relationship going to work? Is Lot going to do? Baruch Hashem. When I read this parasha, I'm comforted and saying, Baruch Hashem. With the great orchestration of the Boreh, the Mashiach emerges. Now watch. There's a sefer that's called Ben Le'ashri. I don't know if you heard it. I came uh, across this book from Rabbi Gladstein, may it be well. He always quotes the Ben Le'ashri. And recently somebody actually bought me the book. What is it? There was a tzaddik. They called him the tzaddik from Ra'anana. And I think Rabbi Huberman, Allah was a big Sadiq Mikubal. And he wrote the Sefer called Ben Ashri. And he writes, I think, at the beginning of the Sefer, that whoever reads my Sefer and learns my Devere Torah, I will be an advocate for him, and I'll give him Berachot, and all the best things in the world. So Rabbi Gladstein every week gives a Shi'ud in the book, Ben Ashri, and the people are very uh, attracted because they want, not, first of all, the Hadushim are incredible. And second of all, it comes with a uh, it comes with a red ribbon. It comes with a with, with a silver lining. You get you get a beracha from the rav. He passed away. I'll have a shalom. But, huh? Well, he was in Anana. Okay, now he's now he's in Beit Hayim. Now he's in Harim But the point is, this is what he said. If you look at last week's perasha, in last week's perasha. 
Avraham and Lot are traveling together. And now what happens? A dispute uh, breaks out between Avraham and Lot. Or the shepherds. What does Avraham tell uh, Lot? Listen, Lot, we don't want to have any disputes between me and you. After all, we're like brothers, we're relatives. I don't want this to turn into something that it isn't. Let's cut it over here. Now, most of our members over here know Hebrew well, pretty well. What does it mean, al What is the word na? Don't tell me raw. Good, that's what I understood. Which means, Avraham is pleading with, with Lot. al Please, Lot, don't let this, uh, you know, escalate. Don't let this get out of hand. Ah, please, let's cut it over here. We'll be friends. Says... The tzaddik from Ra'anana, that if you look at the Targum Unkelus on the Pasuk, Targum says, Al Natihi Meriba Uch'an. He explains the word Na Ke'an. Chaf which means now. Avram is telling Lot, Al Na, Achshav, please, now's not the time for us to fight. Not now. What does it mean, not now? Not now and not never. What does it mean, not now? What, Avraham was planning a, a, a future fight? He said, listen, not now. Al na What's the pshat? What happens after Ammon and Moab are born? There is no nation that is more unaccepted to Klal Yisrael that is more pushed away. There is no greater uh, 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 nation that we have a dispute with that's banned than Ammon and Moab. Ammon and Moab are unaccepted eternally into our people. Even an Egyptian, if he converts after three generations, Baruch Abba, according to Maimonides, even if somebody from Amalek Converts, Baruch Abba. Somebody from Ammon and Moab, they can convert, but we're not going to accept them ever mainstream. They can never mainstream. Lo yavo Ammoni u'moavi bekal Hashem ad olam. It's the most disdain, the most distant, the most pushed away of all the nations. Abraham was saying, listen, it's going to come a time where we're going to have a big dispute with you. But now, before those neshamot come out, now we cannot have meribah. Now we got business to do. Now we need to fix this tikkun of Ruta Mu'aviyah, Na'amah Mu'aviyah. Trust me, later on there's going to be meribah now. We're going to put in our Torah that your children are not allowed to look at us. They cannot marry into our people. If they do, they're banned. Now, good news, not the ladies. That's how Ruth was able to mainstream. That's how Naamah was able to mainstream, not the ladies. But there's going to be a major dispute. What does he say? The Gemara says that Lot looked like Abraham. It says, listen, now you look like me because you have Kiddushah in you. That's why you look like me. There's something in you that, that's valuable. Once you get birth, that look is going to go away. So at this point over here, you have something good in you. Therefore, let's not fight. You go your way. And it was all in Hashemayim. All this was the Hashkaha. 
And that's why Abraham's going out of his way to save Lot. He's got to save Lot. When you save Lot, you're saving Mashiach. What does he care about Lot? <laughs> I got to save Lot because I just got to get him to that act. And once he brings Amon and Amon in the world, you don't hear about Lot again. Lot just disappears from the text. You're done. Thank you, Lot. You made your tikkun. Have a good day. Next subject. Oh, once we get to this, Rabotai. Once we get to this, we now understand a famous Gemara. The Gemara says that when Mashiach comes, there's going to be a banquet. And there's going to be the most delicious foods that you ever tasted. If you're invited, I would say that. It's going to be a banquet for the Tzadikim. They're going to have a special meat. Meat from the age. Today they have aged meat, the Wagyu. They're going to have better than the aged meat of today. From the time of Adam and Ishon, that was cured and, you know, prepared. They're going to have special fish. They're going to have special wine. It's going to be unbelievable. And who's going to be in attendance? All the tzaddikim. At the end of the meal, they're going to make zimun. They're going to pour from this special wine, from the wine that was in the cave. They're going to bring the leftover from that bottle, the Mashiach wine. The wine that made the shiduch. And they're going to take the course. They're going to go to Abraham Abinu. Bechavot, Abraham. Avram's going to take the course and say to Botai, listen, I thank you very much that you're giving me the honor. However, it's well known that uh, I brought Ishmael into the world. And all that trouble that I brought, all the Arab League and what they did to us, uh, I'm not worthy to make the Baracha. Please give it to my son Yitzhak, give it to somebody else. They go to Yitzhak, Mechavot, Zimun. Yitzhak says, listen, I brought Esav into the world. Germans, Everybody else, uh, not for me. My son Yaakov, give it to him. Yaakov says, listen, it's true, I didn't bring Esav, I didn't bring Ishmael. I, had 12, I went 12 for 12. All my children were Sadiqim. But I married two sisters. Uh, you know, it's a you know. I, I know it was before the Torah was given, but you know, you have these wise guys, oh, I married two sisters. I don't want to get involved in the politics. You know, I don't want anybody to talk. There are always people that talk. Give it to somebody else. And they go down the line. Yeshua bin Nun. I don't have boys. I don't have children. Each one's giving it. That's the real Sadiq, by the way. Today they grab. I'm the one. Give it to me. No, there's no Bechavod. Give it to the next guy. They're not looking for Kavod. Today they have claims. Hey, how come you didn't give it to me? I'm a bigger Sadiq than you. What are you talking about? I'll make my own minyan. I'll make my own zimun. Finish. I brought my own wine. I got to need your wine. I brought my own wine. Finish. We're making minyan in the hallway. Anyway, they finally get to David HaMelech, and his, his response is shocking. David, they, 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 wait, they know already. David says, no, no, not me, I can't. They, they, everybody's giving excuses. David takes the one and says, Ani avarech, veli I will make the zimun, and I am worthy. Wow, okay. <laughs> so they were happy, Father, they can make zimun already. They want to have dessert. I'm going to make zimun already. But what is David Amelech? Says the Shlach, something beautiful. I'll teach you a halakha now. If you have guests on Shabbat, let's say, halakha says, the Baalabayit makes the Hamotzi. Why? So he can take a big piece and give it to the guest. If you can let the guest make the Hamotzi, he's embarrassed to take a big piece. Maybe he's very hungry, but uh, take a big piece. I said, what are you, a glutton? So take a little piece and uh, he's embarrassed. So therefore, Balabait Botseya. So he can give Ayin Yafa. When it comes to Birkat Amazon, it says, Oreya Levarech. Why? 
In the olden days, when they would give the guest the Berkat Amazon, he would say the Berkat Amazon aloud, out loud. And he would bless the Balabayit. So therefore, in order for him to give the Beracha, they let him make the Zimun. So David Amelech, when it came to the Zimun, he said, Rabotai, listen, I'm a man of halakha, like we started this class. Everything is halakha with the Tzadikim. What happened? He said, listen, all you Tzadikim, you're purebreds. Abraham, Isaac, and Yaakov, you were part of this nation. I'm the guest. I'm the outsider. I came from Moab. I'm the Oreah. I wasn't part of this group. I came from Lot's children. We weren't even part of the Klal. I'm not from Abraham direct. I came from Lot's daughters. That was Amon and Moab. And we jumped ship and we convert. I'm the Oreah. And he avarech. Velina elevarech. Because Oreah vevarech. And when did all this happen? In this week's parasha. And therefore, the Torah says there's no more important parasha to spend a lot of detail, a lot of time to explain. And I say that every time parashat Vayira comes around, in heaven there's a lot of tumulting this Shabbat. When the Hazan's going to start reading the Shalshelet, and we start to read how Lot and his daughters get saved, and they go into the cave, and they have the children. In heaven, the Militsi Yoshir, the advocates, they go to God and say, God Almighty, look how much you did. You were behind the scenes. Look how much you pulled the strings to bring Mashiach into the world. Look how much Hashkaha, you saved Lord, you saved his daughters. You, you did everything. You brought the wine even. And then the advocates tell God, if you worked 3,500 years ago, where is he already? If you have such an interest to orchestrate the doings and the comings of Mashiach, Admatai, until when are you going to hold them? Boreolam, we know you have a desire to bring the Mashiach because you're in, and you wrote a whole parashah devoted to it. And therefore God, finish the job. The job that you started in Parashat Vayira, we need the Mashiach. We need you to pull some more strings that only God can do to make the maneuverings and the orchestrations and finally reveal them because that is your will. You showed us from the beginning of the Torah that all your intention is to bring the Mashiach and there's nothing that can stop the will of God. So why the delay? And it's a tremendous moment. Therefore, when we read the Sefer Torah this week, and we read this Aliyah, if you're lucky to get this Aliyah of the story of, of Lot and his children, it turns out that this story is a tremendous story. And at that moment, you have to make a tefillah. At that moment, when they're reading this Aliyah, you have to say to Bore Olam, Mashiach is born in Parashat Vayera. That's when the Nitzot comes out. Hand him sa'ot. And then we have to say to Bore Olam, Anima Amin, Bechol Yom. But already, it's been too long. And then Be'azad Hashem in the Zechut of Parashat Vayira and its most important episode, the episode of Lot and his daughters, Be'azad Hashem, like we say, Umaher Lega'olenu, Ge'ula Shelema, Lema'an Shemecha. Baruch Adonai Le'olam. Amen. Rabbi Hananiah Barakashah Omer, Asa, Kadosh Baruch Hu, Zakot Yisrael.
לפיכה קרבד, האם תוצאות שנאמר, החפש המעשה בית